This is Devlin Jetter, and you are now listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-specific podcast. What is going on, soccer fans? And welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Sacramento, the Sactona C Podcast, part of the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, John. How are you doing, John? I'm doing good, Luis. Uh, day 1,223 of this wonderful quarantine life. Every day is Tuesday, and I feel like I'm waking up to the same song that uh, Bill Murray woke up to on Groundhog's Day at 5 a.m. with my uh, kids. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's not fun, but it is fun. Yeah, it, it seems fun. like it, but, you know, there's, there's hope. Yeah, every, every day there's hope. Yeah, definitely, yeah, especially today, too. I found out my uh, favorite car wash is back in business, so it's a positive sign when you start seeing, you know, businesses come back, so... The little things, right? Anytime you can find a quick quack or a car wash place, you're you're in, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, my car needed needed that wash. <laughs> Today we are joined by a former member of the United States women's national team who represented the country at the U18 and the U22 level. She played at the University of Portland and has since been a member of the Sterling FC and a coach for Sterling University in Scotland. We are excited to be joined via the Makuni Dreamline by Elk Grove's own and Celtic supporter. Devlin Jetter of the California Storm. Devlin, welcome to the podcast, and how are you doing today? Hey, guys. I'm doing really well. How are you? It's another day. It's good. It's, uh, <laughs> we, we're excited. It's um, you know, we're one day closer to soccer returning, I guess is what we could say, right? There you go. There you go. Good way so, to look at it. I have a question. Did, did uh, John pay you $1,000 to say you went for a Celtic? Because he mentioned uh, he'd be paying 1000 at a previous spot. <laughs> He did not, but I'm glad you mentioned that. I'll have to talk to him about that after this. <laughs> you got to bring in the bribes all the time, man. That's how we get our, that's how we get our peoples. <laughs> so right off the bat, uh, Devlin, when did you start playing soccer? I started playing when I was four. Um, just a little rec league in Rosemont. Uh, my mom had this just little tiny child with a bunch of energy and she needed to find a way to get it out. And, uh, so I got signed up and I mean, here we are today. So she did something right. So have you always uh, been a defender or have you ever played any other position? No, I actually didn't transition to a defender until my junior year of college. I was a forward my whole life up until then. So yeah, a little bit of a difference, but, um, I can honestly say I enjoy it way more back there, I think, than I ever did at playing forward. What made you make the decision to switch back to the defender uh, position as opposed to staying up top? So it actually wasn't my decision. Um, we It was a springtime at University of Portland, and you know we had low numbers. Our seniors um, were no longer playing. And so just in trainings, I would just jump in at center back and my coaches were kind of like, whoa, like you, ha- you actually know what you're doing back there. Like maybe we should try it out. So then um, come spring games, I started playing back there and um, it just seemed like a more natural fit, I think, than when I was playing up top. So, yeah, easy transition. That's interesting. Well, they always say that the best forwards make the best defenders. I have heard that. I have heard that. It's just not goalie, though. Goalies are weird. They're a different bunch. 
I've always wanted to be a goalie. To you have be to completely have, honest. You have to have some strange mentality about you too, like to be a goalie. Like there has to be, you have to be a screw loose or something. <laughs> that, so, that is very true. I've heard that. <laughs> because with the way the ball moves now with like knuckle, knuckle balls and everything else and, and the curve and the, 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 the way the ball can be hit with the way the bladder is now, I don't want to touch keeper, not even a backup keeper. I'm out. You know, center back, so we are like the wall in front of the keeper. So we true. take a lot of knocks. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're in the wall for, for free kicks. Absolutely. It's no fun there. So after you finished high school, you left for Portland. Uh, what was the experience like for you? And was Portland the place that you saw yourself from the beginning of your recruitment process? Portland actually was not the place that I saw myself. I... um. I used to um, guest play a lot for, I think they were like FC Pride at the time. Um, and so I'd play up like three or four years. And at the time, I think I was 13, I, um, I guest played for them. And we went to the FC Portland tournament in Portland. Um, and Megan Rapino was going to school at UP at the time. And so she gave my team a tour because she used to play for um, the team I was guest playing for. And I just remember walking through the school and just looking at my mom and just being like, ah, it's too small. Like, I can't go here. I'm not interested at all. This is not a good fit for me. And she was just like, Devlin, be quiet. Like, <laughs> this is not about you. We're just, you know, we're just, we're just looking at schools. And I was like, okay. And then, uh, yeah, the recruitment process started my um sophomore year of high school and I was lucky because I had the assistant coach at UP at the time was one of my coaches for ODP so I had a lot of um I was able to be seen a lot more from her through um regional tournament and um the national tournament and stuff like that and so you know I got to talking with her um I went and I visited the school again um, and I loved it. I just remember being there and being at a game. And I think at the time, only 3,600 students were at the school, but there was over 5,000 people at the game. Um, and that to me just spoke to the soccer community that Portland had and um, why it's known as Soccer City. And so, yeah, I kind of just fell in love with it. Um, it was definitely one of my top three. It was Stanford, Santa Clara, and Portland. And ultimately, I ended up at Portland. And yeah, I don't regret it at all. No St. Mary's? No St. Mary's. <laughs> Love the school, though. Very pretty school. Just not for me. So you're telling me we had a chance. You, you would have gone to Santa Clara over St. Mary's. Okay. I'm a Gale, so I have to ask. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, uh, Dublin, uh, what was it like to play in Portland in the WCC, you know, against programs like Santa Clara, as, as we just mentioned? It was awesome. Um, Portland has always had a really strong program for women's soccer. And, um, you know, it being such a soccer community and having so many supporters outside of the students, um, it was amazing to play there. Santa Clara was always a hard game. It was, that was always a hard fought game. I think that was, um, that's our number one uh, rivalry right there. 
we always have very similar, we have similar records, um, win losses against each other throughout the whole program's history. So, and it's always fun. It's always fun to see Jerry Smith and to see Brandy and, uh, to play against people that, you know, you grew up playing against. So I enjoyed playing in the WCC. Oh, and how interesting is it to walk in Portland with the shadow of, of Clive Charles so prominent in that program? It's amazing. Um, you know, I didn't know him. I didn't ever get a chance to meet him, but I think just being on the campus and being around players that did get to meet him and did know him. And at the time the coach at Portland, um, was Clive's assistant. And so, you know, UP does a really good job of keeping his name alive and keeping everything that he believed in alive. And um, they're big on traditions. So every year before season starts, um, we head over, it's called Clive's Bench um, and it overlooks all of Portland. You know, we gather around it, hold hands and just kind of you know, inform the freshmen of really who Clive was and why we play for him and everything that he did for the soccer community. And so um, even though I never got to meet him, I feel like I know him and he was always a big inspiration for when we played. And you can always think about how difficult it is to coach just one team as an assistant. Imagine coaching both men and women's programs as the head coach. So you know, he, he wore both those hats for a pretty long time up in Portland. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> there are really no words to explain it. Um, it's amazing. Was going pro the plan from day one of college or did it take you some time to figure out that that was the next iteration of you? Going pro was the plan, I think, from the time I was nine years old. Um, so, you know, from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to play professionally. And um, I think that's what really pushed me growing up. Um, unfortunately, I've had a number of injuries that have taken me out. Um, so when I graduated at the time, I had two partially torn Achilles. And I was just going through so much pain and I didn't know if it was worth it. And so I thought about, you know, retiring. And then I played that summer with Fresno Freeze, which was a team in the WPSL. We did really well. Um, and I just thought to myself, what are you doing? Like, you're not ready to give this up. So I had surgery, um, headed off to Australia to play professionally. And that's kind of when my professional career started. So you got some playing time in Australia and Scotland as a professional uh, which one would you say provided the best experience for you on and off the pitch? It's hard. Uh, and I wasn't in Australia too long because I tore my ACL. Um, so I came home and had surgery. Um, but I was in Scotland for a while. So I'd have to say Scotland, um, not necessarily the best soccer wise, but um, off the pitch, um, I had an amazing experience. Definitely wasn't ready to leave um, when I did, but due to the virus and all that fun stuff, I had to come home early. That window's still open, which is nice. You, you don't have – that's not gone. No. Uh, so my next question kind of goes on to you're, you're also coaching with the university at Sterling. 
how did you get on with the staff and do you hold any licenses that allow you to do that or is that something that's uh, in the works? So ultimately my plan is to coach collegiately. I'd really like to coach division one. I've always been interested in the men's game um, just to see the difference between the men's and the women and how they respond to a female coach. Um, So while I was in Scotland, I was also working on my master's degree in sport management. Um, And I kind of just wrote my, I wrote the men's coach and said, Hey, um, I'm really interested in getting involved. I'd like to talk to you about um, a possible coaching opportunity. Um, And he was really, really awesome. He, we sat down, we talked for an hour. Um, He kind of filled me in, you know, um, at first he was a little worried because um, it's called football over there. Um, Football is very much a man's sport over there. So he's a little worried about how fans and um, people watching would react to seeing a female on the sideline. Yeah, it was good. I don't hold any official coaching licenses that would allow me to coach collegiately here. Um, But being an assistant coach over there, you don't really need any licensing, um, but I am in the works of earning the licenses to eventually be able to coach at the higher level. So that's the plan. So we've heard on on some of the previous interviews that, that we've done from from some players that you know have also played abroad that they've had issues with their visas in the UK to be able to play there. Have you had any issue yourself? And as far as that goes, so. Yes. Um, I played the first, I think I got there last August. I played from August to December, no problem. Um, but now that they're making the league over there um, even more professional and playing against Glasgow City, who plays in Champions League and all that stuff, um, they they passed a rule that said anyone that holds a Tier 4 visa is not allowed to play in cup games. So... I think from January to March of this year, I only played about two games maybe out of um, six or seven, which was a huge disappointment uh, because of this new rule that they have. So Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of people who have that same issue and they had it earlier than you, but they also didn't have the, you know, the national team experience that you had. So I was curious to know if that would have helped you at all, but apparently it did not. Um, yeah, no. Well, that's okay. You get, we there, There's always ways to fix it and, and get back on. Um, my next question goes to uh, the boys in the hoops. How did you make friends with uh, some of the Celtic guys? Um, you know, it really just happened by chance. Um, we went out. We had a night out in Glasgow, uh, my team, and we ran into them at a bar and kind of you know just got to talking like hey I play football they're like no way we play football and you know at the time I had no idea who they were um (laughs) um, and I was just like oh cool like you know and they kind of just stared at me like you really don't know who we are it's like no they're like you're definitely American I was like yes (laughs) you know and they're like oh we play for Celtic and you know, I was like, oh, I've heard of your team. 
And they just, they, they were so shocked. And I think that's what, that's what really started our friendship. Um, but yeah, now we're good friends now. So it all worked out. That's awesome. Yeah. That whole idea of, I have no idea who you are. And then like, oh, that's great. So we can trust you kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dublin, um, you know, before, you know, COVID hit us, uh, you did have a lot of interest in Europe. Uh, what was it like to have uh, big clubs interested in you and you know what's next with those potential clubs it was awesome really Uh, I went over to Scotland honestly to you know play this last year and earn my master's degree and kind of just retire you know go out on a good note Um, but then I got information that you know some higher clubs were interested and were sending scouts to watch me and um to come out to my trainings, to watch my matches. And, you know, that was a real confidence boost because you work so hard and sometimes you don't know if people are watching or if people even notice. And so um, just that recognition and to know that, you know, you can play at the highest level and people are, people want you and people are watching. um, It's an amazing feeling. Um, So for the future, I have a couple of trials coming up, hopefully. Um, I was supposed to head to Spain a couple weeks ago, actually, to trial with a couple of teams. Um, Valencia FC, Real Madrid was going to be out there. Um, but unfortunately, because of the virus, I had to get postponed. Um, but before I left, I had... Um, like Manchester and England was interested in me. Um, Bayern Munich in Germany was interested. And so hopefully I'll get a couple of trial dates set for the future to head out there and see what damage I can cause. That'd be awesome. That'd be really awesome. Be able to get that opportunity to, to try out for the big, uh, big clubs over in Europe. So playing with the storm, you have access to some amazing people. Um, in terms of Brandy, Leslie, Jamie, Sissy, do you find yourself picking their brains? And if so, who do you pick? Whose brain do you pick the most in and out of training? I think that I pick Cece's the most. Um, you know, I've been with the Storm three or four years now, um, and just getting to play with her is just—it's so—it's so amazing. I never got to play with Brandy. Um, I actually played against Brandy when I was with Fresno Freeze, um, but I really enjoy Brandy. I knew her um, through the recruiting process. You know, she's married to Jerry, who was my regional head coach for ODP. So um, getting to be around her, um, our families are really close, you know, but it would definitely be Cece, I think. I see her the most, um, and she's just got – this love and knowledge and passion for the game that, you know, you really admire and you hope that, you know, future generations see that and see that it's hard work that gets you to the places that CC got to play and the things that she got to do. And just the fact that she's still playing, like I could not imagine playing at her age because I'm 26 and my body is not holding up the same way hers is so just that in itself is like a huge like wow you're awesome <laughs> but obviously yeah. obviously she's never given you the washing machine treatment and training like she did me in futsal 
<laughs> no, I don't think so, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> she wasn't we still 50. We need to see she, that video, John. There's no video. I, I'm burning that video. <laughs> you confirmed that you paid that you bribed the, the security person, call, right? Call the, soccer, call the uh, basketball facility in Martinez. I'm sure they still have it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fall it's, down, it's, though. Uh, I'd like to see that, this that video. Was, uh, oh, she did. I couldn't even tell you. It was like a spinorama and then cut back and megged me. And then as I was turning, she megged me again. Oh, my goodness. Like, I had my feet twisted and I'm just like, I stopped. And she scored because she <laughs> she megged the keeper. And of in course she did. And then futsal was like, it, you're always playing in a diamond. You're always rotating. So I was mm-hmm. always making sure I was on the opposite side of her. And it just so <laughs> happened that I got mixed up on an assignment and I ended up on the same side of her. And I'm like, oh, it's over. It's over. Oh, no. And True she, CC uh, fashion. Oh, she, <laughs> she did me. She did me dirty, but it was awesome. Hey, you could probably get a second opportunity uh, at the 5-on-5 tournament, right? Whenever that happens. Oh, I want her on my <laughs> team on the 5-on-5 tournament. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, speaking of Cece, you know, like, you know, you're saying it's it's really admirable that, you know, at her age, she's still playing and, you know, she's seems like she's never going to retire, which is super amazing. But I was going to ask you, Devlin, do you think she's going to play until she's 60 at the same level? You know, I think she could do it. Will she do it? I'm not sure. Um you know, I think she's she's kind of transitioning into a coaching role with the Storm now, which is really good um, for our team. Just having her out there and having her knowledge out there and around us, um, especially for the younger players that are either entering college that are still on our or that are on our team or um, in college currently, um, and even for us that are older. Um, she's always willing to give advice and to help out and. You know, she's a sergeant on the field. Um, so I think I'm not sure if she'll make it to 60, but I'm sure she'll be out there when she's 60 coaching us. So now you've, you've had the experience in Europe. You've had the experience playing here uh, state, stateside. How is the women's, women's game different from Europe to America? Oh, well, so... When I first got to Scotland, um, I sat down with my coach. I think we talked for maybe two hours at a coffee shop. And, you know, the first thing that he told me was, hey, it's different here than in America. It's nothing like what you're used to. Um, Scotland is easily five to ten years behind the U.S. playing wise, Um, which was a huge I I had no idea. you know, just because you hear of the teams in England and, you know, the big names over there and how well they do. And you don't really hear a lot of professional Scottish women's teams, um, you know, um, but there are huge people. Uh, Glasgow City um, that I played against, you know, they play in Champions League, um, Celtic, Hibs, all of those players, um, they're they're worth watching. And you know, just the Scottish women's national team with its recent success and, you know, making it to the World Cup and unfortunately not the best results. But, um, you know, just having players like Kim Little and, you know, they're all Scottish. And so just to hear that the game is um, a little behind than the U.S. was kind of an eye opener. 
for me. Um, and it definitely showed when we played and it was frustrating at times, but, um, you know, wanting to be a coach and also being in one of the older players on the team, like I just used it as a time to kind of, um, give advice and to help out my younger teammates just to see if that would help make a difference. But there's definitely a difference between the two. Do you think it has anything to do with the development or the, the amount of time that women or even young girls put on, put in the sport here in America? I think it is, um, you know, over there, they only play one, they play one game a week. Um, you know, whereas over here in America, we've got tournaments and teams are playing three, four games in two days. Um, you know, there's, they don't train as much. Um, one thing I've noticed is that in America, we're a lot more hands-on, like aggressive. Um, whereas like over there, at least in Scotland, anyways, I can't speak for all of the UK. Um, they're more relaxed and they don't really take anything too serious. Um, which at times frustrated me being a competitor and, you know, playing at Portland and, you know, the experience that I do have, um, it was frustrating. Um, but I think a big difference too, is the fact that, you know, girls soccer and women's soccer in America, while it's not huge, it's growing. Um, you know, and it's, there's, there's more respect for the game here on the women's side than there is at least in Scotland. Um, it's crazy to me that, you know, you can have a professional game or match happening and there only be 50 people in the stands. Like I've never, that, that is insane to me because we get more fans at storm games, you know? So I think just the, just the mentality of women's, the women's side of the game is just different between the two countries. So there's no real supporters groups out in, uh, out in Scotland that is going to show up with a drum or two and make it loud? Not that I've seen. Not to say that there aren't any. I just have yet to see any, and I was there for a while. So That'll be fun when, when soccer starts back up. We'll get Los Unicos out for uh, Storm Games. That'll be fun. <laughs> We would love that. I oh, love that kind of noise. It's happening. It's happening. So Danny, who couldn't join us tonight, he is uh, one of the founding members of Los Unicos up in Reno. Who's oh, now wow. awesome. Who's, yeah, who's also now part of the supporters group for the TBB with the Republic. But he's also going to make an effort to get people down for Storm Games to essentially bang on drums and be loud and, and as, as loud as they can be. It would be awesome. We would love that support. Um, this team is, it's worth it. We're, it's an amazing group. Like you won't find this type of soccer. Um, it's hard to come by. And so we play a good game. We're going to have fun. It's going to be uh, once, once soccer starts back up, we're going to, we're going to definitely have some fun with you guys and there'll be a lot more of this opportunities to have conversations and, and push the team a little bit more. So it'll be fun. All right, Luis. So, get, so get, speaking get, of having fun, <laughs> That time, that time for new glory rapid fire questions. So, Devlin, here's how it works. Um, me and John will be asking you 10 questions. You'll only be able to skip two questions, and you don't know what questions we'll be asking, so it makes it that much more funner. <laughs> 
So Perfect. tonight's Love rapid fire questions are brought to you by New Glory Beer. Check them out online at newglorybeer.com, where you can get their shelter-in-place special of a $100 deposit for a keg. You can also order all beers online to be delivered in California. But as we say always, they actually don't deliver kegs. You'll have to go pick that up, but still a pretty good deal there. So let's get started with this first question. It's, it's actually a really good one that has actually been skipped before. So oh, we'll oh see gosh, if you okay. will actually answer it. So what's been your most embarrassing soccer moment? My most embarrassing soccer moment? I've missed, I've definitely missed a wide open net before multiple times. That's pretty embarrassing, especially being 6-1 and having a free header. Oh, you missed, a, you missed a sitter that bad, huh? Yeah. I'll, gi- I'll give you that as your embarrassing moment. Thank you. It's pretty embarrassing. It's not. It's not hating. Uh, Partain's pooped himself during a match, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, who do you think you mold your game most after? Christine Rampone. Greatest soccer experience. Who? It'd have to be my freshman year at Portland. Um, we we're in the second. No, we we're in the first round of playoffs, um, and it came down to PKs, and. Um, I was lucky number six, um, missed mine as a freshman. Um, I hit it off the crossbar. (laughs) Um, So luckily our keeper saved their shot. So we had one more and our keeper took it and she made it. And then she turned around and blocked their final one. Um, And I remember just we all ran and dogpiled and I was just bawling my eyes out, um, both out of joy and out of like, I cannot believe I missed that in front of so many people. Everybody's going to hate me. Um, But definitely, I've never felt anything like that before. Like our team was just so connected and we were just so one. And so just to have that type of feeling and experience and to go through all of that with them. Um, we definitely deserve that win. So I would give that one. The crazy keeper picked it up for you. That's, that's pretty good. He's amazing. Uh, best player that you've ever played against. I would say Julie Ertz. I played against her when she was at Santa Clara. Um, I actually had to guard her. I think it was my freshman year. I um, we were going one on one against each other a lot, and that was that was a hard one. <laughs> sushi or pizza? Sushi. World Cup cap and a goal, or winning a World Cup as a spectator on the bench. I would say winning a World Cup as a spectator. Just because you didn't get on the field doesn't mean you didn't play a part, I think. And that's the biggest thing is that um, everyone plays a part on a team. And whether your part is to push your players in practice or your part is to score the winning goal, I mean, everybody has a part to play. And, I mean, if we win, then I did my job. Yeah, that's true. That, that's a good, good way to, to view, view that, too, definitely. Um, so would you choose to be second place or third place for a medal? Second place. <laughs> okay. There you go, John. <laughs> not, hey, I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I just, I would, I would <laughs> rather have the opportunity to win in the third place because at least I know 
because you could have you could have any it could go any way right like everybody had the same point total but it was on goal differential so you missed out on the final and then you have to play for third place i would rather win the third place than than take the second place medal knowing that i could have beat that team that took first fair that's just where i'm at (laughs) that's fair that's you know plus i don't want to be king of the losers like second place man it's like that second place medal is just (laughs) am i going to take it home and put it on the put on the wall no i'm going to take my gold medal home or my or my uh, bronze so we'll see are are you gonna put the bronze in the wall i'd put the bronze on the wall before i put the silver oh yeah i don't get that one (laughs) Hey, because that way I know I didn't lose. I hate losing. I'm not a fan of it. Um, so Devlin, most, uh, who is the most embarrassing member of your family in the stands during a game? I would say most embarrassing. My family doesn't really embarrass me. Um, the one that I always hear though, no matter what is my mom. Um, there could be five people at the game. There could be 15,000 people she is the only voice I will ever hear, which is insane to me. Um, and at times you want to just shut her off, but you can't. Um, so I would say my mom, not because she's embarrassing, just because like, I can't get her to stop talking. It's like in your head, right? Like, yes. A good opponent that will talk trash. It's like mom is in my head. Yes. But she, she'll actually be talking and it's just like, I know what I'm doing. Please stop talking to me. <laughs> what city have you visited that you wish you could get a refund? I mean, I go to Stockton a lot, but not because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good there one. There it is. Stockton, she wants a refund <laughs> for her office visits. Um, last question. You have four players from any era of soccer. I'm going to go with Cece. I'm going to go with Brandy. I'm going to go with Christine, obviously. And I'm going to go with Julie Ertz. All right, cool. You made it. Oh, that was all done? That's, that's it. That was about. All right, last call. So how are you staying in game shape during this time? Oh, my gosh. Workout. I do a lot of workouts. Um, I train a lot. Um, I train with a girl who plays on the Storm, who actually played at Portland as well as ODP with myself, Haley DeGrood. Um, we do a lot of ball work together. Um, I make my dad and my 12-year-old brother work out with me all the time um, in our living room. Let's see. I do Peloton workouts. I do AMRAP workouts. Um I go on runs, and if you know me, you know I'm not a runner. Um, but, yeah, I just I, – I do a lot. I do a lot of Zoom meetings with uh, IPA. and we're, we're very big on the idea of community because community is a huge part of the soccer world. And what does the word community mean to you? Ooh, good question. Um, community, to me – is like family. Um, you know, even though I'm technically from Sacramento, Elk Grove is, you know, Elk Grove is where I grew up playing. Um, to me, that's my community. That's my family. Um, I'd do anything for those clubs. Um, you know, I'd do anything to give back. I love coaching just because I love being able to teach, um, 
the younger generation the things that I know about the game and I just hope to instill that same passion into them that I have for it and so yeah community to me is family it's it's those relationships that that you don't find all the time awesome well Devlin thank you for taking the time to join us today we appreciate it and we hope to see you out on the pitch uh rather soon no worries thank you for having this conversation with me today have a good rest of the night you too thank you Today's guest was brought to you by the Mikuni Dreamline. Mikuni is offering $15 off your order of a platter and has now made it easy to order with the Mikuni app. Please make sure to pre-order, stay in your car when you arrive, and they will deliver your meal straight to your car. Visit them today at mikunisushi.com or download their app, available in the App Store. Uh, once this episode is posted as you're finished listening to it, we can also be found um, on Facebook. We have a group called sack soccer fans. Um, that is our Facebook group. It was recently Sacramento Republic fans, but we've since changed it um, to soccer instead of Republic and also our own podcast page, Sacktown FC podcast. Check us out there on Facebook. And we can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at Sacktown FC. You may also find us, Wait, 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 John. Wait. You can't forget about our partners, the California Storm. You can actually follow the California Storm both on Instagram and Twitter at CalStormSoccer. You can also follow them on Facebook under California Storm. And they also have a website under CalStormSoccer.com. So please be sure to check them out, follow them on social media, and, you know, find out when their season returns. So you can go out to Papa Murphy's Park and support them any of your gamers we can actually also be found on xbox and playstation on xbox we our gamer tag is sacktown fc and i'm the one that actually controls that gamer tag so you would be playing against me on playstation it's sacktown underscore fc john would be owning that tag or john owns that particular gamer tag uh, we usually play FIFA 20, so if any of you are big FIFA 20 players, we invite you to challenge us, play against us. The only thing is we always say that we ask is that you don't rage quit. Other than that, send us a message if you want to play against us or if you want to add us as a friend so we know that you're a listener and we will add you onto our friend list and play against you hopefully sometime whenever our schedules uh, align here. We can also be found on Twitch under Sacktown FC, which from time to time we will be playing FIFA games on there. So please be sure to check that out. We will actually be making announcements more ahead of time. So all of you can know when we'll be streaming the next FIFA game. So you'll be able to check it out and you'll be able to see me, most likely me, play online FIFA games and also play a couple of FIFA street games with us three on the game because we actually have our own players created on the game. So you'll be able to check that out. We also invite you to check out our website at sacktownfc.com where you'll be able to find all of the episodes we recorded. You'll also be able to read Seth's soccer pools column where he writes about all things soccer related just all around the world. 
You can also find out more information about the squadron, which is our form of supporters group. You'll also be able to contact us on our website. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want to ask us, you can fill out that form and we'll get back to you shortly. So that's all we have for today's episode. Again, you know, special thanks to Devlin from your California storm for taking the time to join us today. And thank you for listening to us and always supporting us. Remember to have your notifications on because we will be posting podcasts um, more often than we have in the previous weeks. So we know you won't want to miss our episode. So please subscribe and give us some positive comments. We've actually gotten quite a few more ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts lately. So thank you very much to everyone who's done that. And if you want to leave one as well, Apple Podcast is a good spot to do that. There are a couple other platforms that allow you to leave reviews. So please feel free to give us a review anywhere. It really does help out a lot as we grow our podcast. And also be sure to check out our episodes on our website. So for now, have a great day, everyone. And you'll hear from us soon. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>